listening to the Thornapple Valley Church Podcast. Thank you for joining us. Our hope is for you to be encouraged and to connect with God during this message. If you'd like to know more about Thornapple Valley Church, visit tvcweb.com. Hello, everybody. Okay, hello to everybody joining us online. So glad you're here with us today. And But I just want to stop and say to everybody in the auditorium and those at our other campuses, so glad, so glad, so glad that you're with us. I stood in the back during the time of worship today, and I just kept tearing up uh, because I was reminded how important it is that we encourage one another, and when we come together and worship, there's something powerful. Amen? And it's really, really a wonderful thing. I'm grateful for that. So, so, so welcome to our new summer series with a kind of a goofy name. I know that, and uh, I'm aware of the fact that some may be even offended because they're like, I tell my kids they can't use that word. We're doing this for the whole summer just to let you know in advance, all right? So I'm not trying to undermine your child rearing, but the truth is I know the name's not, <laughs> it doesn't sound very spiritual. And actually the programming team was like, are you serious? Are you really planning on using that name? And I said, yeah, because the truth is, is that stupid pet tax is where we spend a lot of our resources in our lives if we're brutally honest. Come on. We actually, so just so everybody's clear on what I mean by stupid tax. Stupid tax is what you pay when you know better when you know you shouldn't do something, but you ignore that and you do it anyhow, and then when you have to pay the price, which you will, because it was stupid, when you have to pay that price and you're grumbling about why is this happening to me, I think that that price, whatever it is, emotional or financial or relational or whatever it is, I think it should come with an invoice that's just stamped stupid tax. I think that would be very appropriate because that's actually what it is. Now, before we get any further, I just want to see, because I think this happens to all of us, and I just want, you know, to find out how honest you're going to be in all this, all right? So let me just ask a question. Can you think of a time recently that you've paid stupid tax? Let me just ask, can you think of a time recently? Yeah, I see a lot of hands going up. Thank you for your honesty. And if you're saying, I really can't, you are lying, all right? Because all of us struggle with this in different ways in our lives. In fact, I think we should try to keep this real honest and just let's make it like an AA meeting. So I'll start and you can help me. So hi, I'm Jeff and I've paid a lot of stupid tax. And now you say, there you go. Very good. And I, you know, I was thinking about it. Well, what's a recent time for me? And there were so many that I felt like I was uncertain what I really wanted to share. But I was thinking it's been a number of weeks back, but it was in the spring. We have a pool behind our house in the backyard, and uh, of course it has a cover on it for the wintertime because, you know, you get snow and, and rain and all that, but on top of that, we have a lot of trees around, and so we get a ton of leaves, and it just all is in there all winter, and it makes this murky stuff in the bottom of the cover, and if you don't get that off carefully, it goes down in the pool. So, so uh, I don't know, a month, four or five weeks ago, something like that, I looked out there and I saw that the cover, they're so stinking cheap. I'm telling you, okay, I can't get on that. Anyhow, it had a tear in it. And I said to myself, okay, that's got a tear in it. I got to watch that. And then we had a real windy day and the tear got bigger. And so I was standing, get this, this is my day off. And I was standing and it was a nice day. And I looked back and I saw that the tear was bigger. And Ann was outside and I was outside and I said, that tear's gotten bigger back there. I said, if I don't get back there and take care of that, that stuff is all going to be in the bottom of the pool and it will be such a pain in the butt. And she's like, yeah. I see what you're saying. You know, if you want help, just let me know. And there was a little voice in the back of my head that said, do that right now. Anybody ever heard that voice? 
And then let me just ask the second question. Anybody ever heard that voice and said, uh, nah. Come on, just be honest. And that's exactly what I did. I was like, no, this is a nice day. This is my day off. I don't want to hassle with that right now. That's just a pain in the rear end. I'll do it another day. And that night was a horrific wind, and it tore it further, and I saw the chair was bigger, and I ran out there. I'm like, please, God, please, God. Which, of course, people who do stupid things ask God to make, somehow change it. Have you noticed that? And I get out, and I look, and every bit of that was in the bottom of the pool. And so I had to take that cover off. I had to drain part of it out. And then I'm standing the next day in cold weather with waders, scooping leaves out. And every scoop was saying, stupid, stupid. Now, anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody done something like that? I mean, stupid tax is something all of us pay. I'm sure you have stories. And so as we start this series, I want to cover a couple things that I think you should know about stupid taxes. This is going to last for like three months. And again, I want to apologize to parents. I, I, I really, I'm not intending to undermine you. I just, I, I think stupid is a word that means what it is. And so I decided to use it even if you got mad at me. All right, so I don't, I don't know what else to say. But first of all, the thing you should know about stupid taxes is, let's just be clear on this. It's not one and done. <laughs> you know, a lot of times you do something stupid and you go, well, I'll never do that again. And then what do you do? <laughs> you, do you do it. It's not one and done. Stupid tax can be paid repeatedly. In fact, it can be paid until you start to actually learn something. And often we're like, I'll never pay that again, but, but, but we do. In fact, I think it should, after the second or third time you pay stupid tax on the same thing, I think it sh- the invoice should be stamped stupider tax instead of stupid tax. It's because it's like we come back, how many times am I going to fall into the same thing? And we do this over and over. And of course, that's what Einstein said, you know, was the was the uh, explanation for insanity. Insanity is doing the same thing over and over, and you expect a different result. It's like, what you're doing, you're not learning. You're not learning. Paying stupid tax is not one and done. Let's just be clear on that. You say, so often we'll say, I'll never do that again, and then we do it again. And I know that sounds a little depressing, but just hang with me on this, all right? The other thing you should be clear on, it's not one and done, and the second thing is, is that you can't cheat stupid tax. All right, this is what we, this, and, and, and the, we just got to be clear on this. This is where we get into more trouble because we, it's not even always a conscious thought. We just have this thought in our head. I can get away with this. I can do this. I can cheat on this. I can cheat on one thing or another. But here's the problem. You need to understand. I'm going to give you an axiom. This is an axiom for all of life. And you can find it in the Bible. You find it everywhere in life. But it's a real simple thing. And that is, is that Galatians 6, 7 says, you reap whatever you sow. So you think you can sow something, and you can get away with it, but you what? Okay, come on. I know there's only 150 people in here, but I expect a little help, all right? You what? You reap whatever you sow. You, you, you can't cheat stupid tax. It just does not work. You reap what you sow, and the truth is, is that we think to ourselves, you know, I can get away with this. Nobody's going to know. It's just going to be a fine little thing, but the truth is this stuff has a way of being found out. In fact, that's what Scripture says. Many of you are familiar with this. Numbers 32 says, you may be sure that your sin, read it with me, will find you out. Now, some people look at that and it makes them real nervous. They think like, okay, does that mean the whole world's going to know? Often the way sin finds you out is not that the you know, vast audiences now know the wrong you did. The way it finds you out is it does damage to your life because you reap what you sow. This is a true axiom in all of life, and, 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 and it will find you out. It absolutely will find you out. So the obvious question we got to ask then is, 
how do we avoid stupid tax? <laughs> Which is a great question, and, and really it's sort of the central theme of this whole series. The whole point of this series is we're going to be talking about how can we avoid paying further stupid tax, and my first answer is going to sound almost like, like why am I even doing a series on this if I say this, but let's just be clear on this. How do you avoid stupid tax? I think you don't fully. I think it's going to happen in life. In fact, I think to pay stupid taxes is simply to be human. I think it's a part of us as broken human beings. We're all going to do it, and we're going to do it repeatedly. The question is not, will you pay stupid tax? Even if we do a series and you listen to everyone and you go, I'm learning. The question is not, will you pay it again? The question is, what do you do when it happens? So you have several options. So when you're paying the bill, when the invoice of stupid tax comes and you have to pay it, are you complaining? Are you saying, why was I so stupid? How could I have been so dumb? And that's what I'm often guilty of. It's like, what? How could I be such an idiot? Okay, those things are non-productive. If you do those things, the truth is you're going right back and pay it again. The key is to ask, what have I learned? What is going to happen in my life that We'll see to it that this won't happen again because I'm, I'm of the absolute conviction just because you have to pay stupid tax occasionally in your life or periodically, it doesn't make you a loser. What, what does that, I think, is when you just don't learn from it, when you don't get wise, if you will. Now, I, one of my favorite verses in all the Bible is this one in Proverbs chapter 4. It says, it puts a grin on my face every time I read it. It says, the beginning of wisdom is this, get wisdom. Though it costs all you have, get understanding. I just love this first part. It's it's like, the beginning of wisdom is this, get wisdom. Get wisdom. But but there's something very powerful in that, and that is this, the beginning of wisdom. If you want to get wisdom, you have to learn. You have to get it. You have to reach out and grab it. And so when you do stuff that... You know now you're paying stupid tax because you ignored the sign, you, you didn't pay attention, you didn't listen to that voice in your head, you didn't listen to the Holy Spirit, whatever it is, and you're paying the tax. The question is, will you get wisdom? The beginning of wisdom is when you grab it, when you learn, when you make the decision that you actually want to learn. And I think so often the, the, the best way actually to get wisdom is, is to have purchased it through stupid tax, but you have to be asking the question, what am I learning? So you and I have done plenty of dumb things. Would, would everybody agree with that? All right. Everybody who agrees with it, just say yes. Okay. You just agreed. You've done plenty of dumb things. But we have, right? We've all done dumb things. The question is not, have we done dumb things or will we do them? The question is, how will we respond? Because how you respond says so much about you. You know, it was Thomas Edison who who was questioned about the many apparent failures he had as he was working on his inventions. You remember what his response was, don't you? It was so great. He says, I haven't failed. I've just found 10,000 ways that won't work. The beauty, the brilliance in this statement is that what he's saying is, instead of beating myself up and saying I'm stupid, instead of, instead of feeling discouraged, instead of saying why is this happening to me, what he's saying is, is every single time what I did was I learned. The beginning of wisdom is this. What is it? Get wisdom. Learn. Pay attention. So the first answer to avoiding stupid taxes, you're not going to fully do it, but you can learn. And I think there are two things that are very powerful, and I want to just talk about these this week, and then we're going we're to address a, a bunch of things over the summer. But there are a couple things that are critical. I've already been talking about one. 
uh, and we'll get to that. But the first one is, and this is so huge, if you want to pay less stupid tax in your life, if you want to grow, if you want to become the person you hope you'll be, I'm telling you that this must be central to your life, that you seek to live as a person of humility. And I will tell you why. Because, this, this is so, this, let, for, let me just start by giving you another axiom in life, all right? I talked about the axiom of you reap what you sow. So, so, so here's another one, and this is that consistently humble people always pay less stupid tax. Consistently humble people always pay less stupid tax, and I, I will tell you why. Because they don't go into every situation thinking they know the answer. They go in looking to learn. And there is a massive difference. In fact, I would say of the stupid tax that I pay, often, the majority of the time, it is because I think I know already. Anybody know what I'm talking about there? I think I got the answer on this. Don't you tell me what to do. I know what I'm all about. I got this figured out. And so I think I know already. In fact, I can be horrible on this. I'm just going to be really honest with you here. There are times when people come to me and ask me questions, and I can feel it happening because it starts inside, but it reaches up to my face, and on my face comes a condescending look of, well, you poor, stupid human being. And I never say it because I'm a pastor, and pastors are polite. Come on, has anybody ever thought that? Are you all, you, I can't tell how you're looking at me, some of you, because you have a mask on, all right? So I don't know. But, but you, I think you know what I'm talking about. I'll get this, and I can feel it coming over my face. I know the answer, you pathetic thing, and you don't. It's like this condescending feeling comes over me. And then do you know how many times this has happened? I know the answer but I don't. And then I look like an idiot. Some of you may remember a few weeks back, I, I talked about how when they come to a, a road close sign, I'll always tell Ann, they don't mean it. And then I drive around, she's like, I think you should just take the detour. And I'm like, no, no, that's stupid. And then I get out to where the road is actually closed and I have to do what I call the drive of shame all the way back <laughs> while she sits quietly and lets me suffer in silence. Paying stupid tax. Because I didn't address it with humility. This is, folks, this, this is a huge thing. So often, this is what, and so when I think, I know, when I'm acting like I come into a situation and like, I know, and everybody wants to look like they know when I do that, I'm just at the edge of entering into stupid tax land. Because you don't. You know what the Bible tells you when you lose humility? This is what it says, and this is Proverbs 16, 18. It said, pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a what? A fall. It is so nice preaching to people. <laughs> All I've preached to for the last two and a half, three months has been a camera with Brian Moat sitting behind it, looking at his cell phone. It's been a little depressing. So thank you. Thank you for being here. I... <laughs> Haughty spirit, a, a proud spirit, a non-humble spirit goes before a, a what? A, f- a fall. Can you think of a time when that happened to you? Like, I know what I'm talking about. I know the answer to this. And then you didn't. And you had to pay stupid tax because instead of entering it with a humble heart, you entered it with a haughty spirit or a, a, a prideful heart. So you, you, you have to seek humility. If you want to pay less stupid tax in your life, I, I believe this, we should be do, endeavoring to do this as a lifelong process. 
We should be seeking humility in our lives. And then secondly, and this is also a lifelong process, you have to be a life learner. Now, let me just tell you what I mean by that. I mean that you see yourself, you literally see yourself, not as a person in the know, but a person who wants to know. And there is a profound difference. Now, this and humility are tightly tied together. In fact, they're so tight, sometimes they can't even be, you can't even tell the difference. Because a humble person doesn't come in thinking they know. And a lifelong learner is a person who doesn't come in thinking, I have all the answers. I may know some things, but I want to know more. You know, one of our problems is, is that when we're around people, we want to look interesting. We want to look interesting to them. We'd be much better off if we looked interested to them. We'd be so much better off if we came in with a kind of hungry spirit. But the problem is, of course, is that this pride thing works in us sometimes and we lose this willingness to just go, I don't understand. Can you explain this to me? And I struggle with this. Does anybody feel like this? Sometimes I'm just like, I won't really be honest about not knowing because I don't want to look stupid. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I don't want to look like a dummy. I want to look like I know what I'm talking about. And so I'll nod my head like I understand what they're saying even when I don't. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Just nod your head if you know it. Yeah, see? I, I, I cannot tell you how many times I've done that. See, a life learner makes the choice on a daily basis, I don't care if people see me as knowing a lot of stuff. I care about learning. I care about growing myself and becoming more aware. The beginning of wisdom is to what? Get wisdom. And that means be a learner, be a person who learns. And I can tell you, there's just this is profoundly important to choose. To, this, and as I said, this is a struggle for most of us, you know, but I will tell you what age has taught me. If I know anything as an almost 64-year-old man, I can tell you this, that really smart people, they never look at people who are hungry to learn as stupid. They never see people who ask questions and say, I don't understand. Would you explain that to me? Could you tell me a little more? I'd like to learn more. They never see them as stupid. It's the people who act like they know when they don't that seem ignorant. You choose. You choose to actively pursue a humble heart. Now, some of you, this is, this is what you need to hear because you're struggling with this at work. You don't want to look stupid, but you don't understand everything, but you're acting like you do, and everybody knows but you. Just let that facade down. You don't have to look interesting. It's much healthier to be interested. You want to be a person who is a life learner. And this is what Scripture says, of course, because we struggle with this so much. It says in Proverbs 3, 7, do not be wise in your own eyes. There's one to memorize and think about this week. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Now, I'm going to wander into some murky territory. I don't like to do this very often, but periodically. I'm going to do it next week, too, just as an advance warning. But I'm probably going to make some of you mad at me, and I, I may get emails or people may post about me, but I don't care. Can I just talk to you about you and your political views? No. <laughs> For those of you online who didn't hear that, someone said no, and I understand that, but I'm going to do it anyhow. That, I, that was just being polite, all right? I, I'm going to do it anyhow. Can I just ask you a question? 
do you really think that what you believe, that what you think you know, that you know so much that that is the absolute truth, do you really believe that? Do you really think when you repost tweets or you repost Facebook posts or you do whatever you do on social media that denigrate people who are different than you, who see things differently than you, who have a perspective that you don't agree with politically, do you really think that you are so smart that you have all the answers? Do you think that it is not that complicated, that this is brain dead stuff? Do you really think that? Do you, you know, I, I know I'm kind of pushing you on a little bit and I'm not trying to make you mad, but I just really want to ask you a question. Do you think it's possible that you may not be omniscient, meaning all-knowing. You may not be omnipotent, all-powerful. You may not be omnipresent, all-everywhere, all-the-time. You may not be omni-anything. You may be just another broken human being like the rest of us, and you don't know everything. Okay, that's not going over very well. No, I just think it needs to be said sometimes, because I think we... We hide sometimes behind our computer screens and we say and do things that we really would not do face-to-face and should not do. And there's often they have the appearance, and maybe you would say, I don't even mean it that way, but they have the appearance of arrogance. Do you know how complicated politics are? Do you know how complicated things are that our leaders are trying to figure out? And I'm not saying I don't have opinions. I absolutely do. And I'm not saying I agree with everything every leader does. I absolutely don't. But I am telling you that I know this much. I don't understand all this stuff. And what I say is stupid, and I get irritated by some leader or somebody, and I'll get all attitude about it, and then I remind myself, dude, you can hardly handle the role you have. I, you don't maybe realize how good this preaching is, but I just thought I'd say it, all right? Is it possible, is it possible that we don't know as much as we think we do? I'd say, yeah, it's pretty much the truth. And what I think really God calls us to is to have humble hearts with a spirit hungry to learn and hear. You know why people get meaner and meaner, especially when it comes to political opinions and their opinions about how this thing or that thing? Because they often live in what I would describe as a feedback loop. They listen to people who think like them and who get them charged up and they talk that way and it just keeps getting worse and worse and worse and they lose sight of the fact that there is so much that we do not know. Humble learners are the people that grow in this stuff. I think we're much better off being every day, all day, humble learners. So that's going to be the heart of what the series is about, actually. And, and we're going to try as we go through this series to, to walk as humble learners. Would you say those two words out loud with me? Humble learners. If you're watching online, humble learners. Just say it out loud because this is really what I'm hoping that we'll do. And what we're going to do in this series, just so you know, is week after week, we're going to look at a life or a story in the life of a biblical character. Now let me tell you why we're going to do it. It's not because they're, you know, gripping stories that they're historically cool or whatever, and they are. But see, there's a difference between Scripture and any other historical book. The Bible 
And the way God speaks through the Bible is not just something to give us good ideas or to give us an overview on how we should live. The Bible, listen to me, is alive. And I know that that's an audacious statement, and some of you listening to this will say, I'm not sure I really believe that. I think it's just a bunch of men wrote it and tried to you know, interpret from other languages, and they got it all probably wrong, and it's just crazy. And I get that, I understand, and you have every right to feel that way. What you should know is that a core belief of followers of Christ is that we believe that Scripture, actually God's Word, we call it the Bible, call it what you want to, that it is actually alive, meaning that it just doesn't give us an overview of how we should live, that it will actually, in so many ways, supernaturally speak right down into something in my heart, in my life, in a specific moment, in a specific time. And this is why I'm such an advocate of saying we need to have scripture on the inside of us because it is alive. It is alive. And I've been hammering this. I'll keep hammering. This is why I tell people, read the Bible. It's like, it's like you don't understand. It's not just good advice. This is how God speaks to his people. Hebrews says, this is so powerful, Hebrews 4.12, it says, the word of God, this is scripture, is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword, and it penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow, it judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. It is alive and active. And so when we talk about scripture, when we talk about on the weekends, about the story of somebody, and we read from scripture, what you need to understand is you may hear 50 scriptures and none of them really stand out to you, but it only just takes one time where God speaks something and it's like it comes alive in you and reaches down to that place in your heart. Because, see, you and I, we need that. We have lots of good ideas and we have people telling us what's right and what's wrong and what we should do and what we shouldn't do. But what we need to understand is we need to know what's best in inside us. Remember what this said? Look at, look, look at this. This is just a, a piece of what we just read. It says, Scripture judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. And you, and you need that because, come on, does anybody know sometimes your heart doesn't tell you the right way to go? Come on, anybody know what I'm talking about? Sometimes your heart will, anybody ever been messed up? Because I know everybody says, just follow your heart. That is one of the dumbest sayings out there. <laughs> you want to pay heavy, stupid tax? Follow your heart. Anybody ever followed their heart into a messy romantic relationship? Anybody ever followed their heart into a bad decision with work or some other thing? Absolutely you have. You know what scripture says? This is in Jeremiah. It says in 17.9, it says, The heart's deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? We can't. But God can. And this is how he uses, this is the beauty of how he uses scripture, is that he will penetrate to show you what is right. Because sometimes your heart will tell you this is what should be done, and it's not the right thing. God can, and that's why he, we need his words in our lives. So, so that's what we're going to talk about over these coming weeks. And, and, and if we want to pay less stupid tax, it's going to come down to these two things, this, this idea of being humble learners. So let me just ask you a question. If paying less stupid tax comes down to being a humble learner where you say, I am actively pursuing being a person of humility and I'm choosing daily to live with a sort of deep hunger to learn and not act like I know. If that's true, how are you doing? How are you doing? Is it possible 
that maybe you can think of right now, maybe actually God has spoken to you and divided down into your heart something right now where you're going, yeah, at work, I think I've been acting like a jerk lately, like I know everything. Or maybe I've been posting things that are offensive and damaging to people instead of bringing life. And maybe, maybe we need to make some changes. These two things, these two things, humble learners, because when we do that, the beginning of wisdom is to, say it with me, Get wisdom, to get wisdom. And this is what Scripture says again, Proverbs 22, 3. It says, the wise, they see danger ahead. And so they avoid it. But fools, they just keep going and get into trouble. Fools pay a lot of stupid tax. And I think, I think if we'll choose to be humble learners. Humble, say it out loud with me. Humble learner. I think if we'll choose that, change everything. In fact, this is my challenge. This is this week's challenge. I challenge you to write these two words down and put them in a place where you will see them through the week to remind you, this is who I want to be. I want to be a humble learner. You know, I watched my grandson, Abe. He turns one years old this week. and I can't even hardly talk about him because he's such a joy in our family. But I watch him, and he's, he's always looking Everything fascinates him. Everything is interesting. He is, a one-year-old child is the epitome of a humble learner. They just, they make no pretense. They don't know anything, but they want to find out. He wants to know what's in every cupboard in our house. And he wants to know how he can rip every cord out of every socket in our house. And all the parents said, (laughs) yeah, you, you know what that's about? But there's a beauty there. There's a beauty there. That's what God calls us to. So humble learners, what we're called to. And I'll just finish by telling you this, this, this one thing. One of the great keys of being a humble learner is understanding that you don't do it best alone. You do it best with other people. I talked about this last week. It's the idea that we are always better when we are, some of you remember this, together, together. That we're not just in the same place, but we're together. We're in one accord. We're together, together. There's something powerful. And last weekend, if you did not hear the talk, I encourage you to listen to the podcast or watch the message because we talked about this idea of TVC tribes. And if you want to know more about them, I would love to have you learn about them. You can go to this website. You see it on the screen here, tvcweb.com forward slash tribes, and you can hear more about it. And listen to last week's talk as well. There's something so powerful when we do that, when we come together. And the idea of a TVC tribe is that it's two or more people who just basically covenant together. We will do three things. We will pray for each other, pray together. We will do something around Scripture, these things on a weekly basis, and we'll do it for a minimum of three months. Man, I challenge you to do this. Go to the website. Get it. Become a part of this. Invite some. I hear people. I hear everything from young people to older people, all kinds of people, they're saying they're inviting people to be in a tribe with them. There's such power in that, becoming a humble learner. All right, sermon over. But I'm not quite done. I'm going to ask Tom Krawczyk, who is our campus pastor, to come up for just a minute, and then we'll close. Come on up here, buddy. Stand right here. Six-foot distance, all right. No, that's all right. Whatever. I don't care. You've probably already infected me way too much anyhow. So, You ever have those times in your life where something happens and you look at it and you say, this is a good thing, I think it's even a God thing, but I hate this thing? Anybody know what I'm talking about? 
where you just feel like, uh, I know this is right, but it's, it's wrong. Well, a few weeks back, Tom came into my office to tell me that he's got some big changes in his life, and he and his family will be moving. And honestly, when he talked to me about it, when I heard it, it was like inside, I knew it was a God thing. But what I, if you remember, what I said to you was, I am happy for you and your family, but don't ask me to be happy. Because it's a hard thing. But I wanted uh, you all to hear about this. And so, Tom, why don't you talk about where, where you're going, what you're doing. Sure. Uh, I'm going to become the executive pastor for a church uh, down in Indiana that's a lot like TBC. It's a serving church for the unchurched. And um, in many ways, it will be a comfortable fit into there because they're hiring me to shepherd staff, which is one of the things I do as a campus pastor, to uh, raise up and equip volunteers and release them to serve. That's what we do here. To help them live out their mission, which is a lot of what we do here, if you hear it, it's um, embracing the outcast. It's encouraging the broken. It is empowering the poor. Yeah, that's a lot of what we do here at TVC. They have a dream. They have a dream of building a building because right now they worship in a theater that they rent. And they have a dream of buying land, building a building, and even planting a church. And if that rings a bell, that's a lot of what we do here at TVC and do well. And and that's why I'm super excited about helping them with everything that you have taught me over the years. They, they're looking for someone to help them take that step. And that's, that's what I can do for them now. I, I know it comes at a cost. I've paid the stupid tax enough to know this comes at a cost. But I'm, I'm trying to be obedient to what God has placed in my heart several years ago. And I've always put off, put off, put off. Like Jeff was talking about, I said, no, not today. No, uh, some other time when it's more convenient. But the time is now to go ahead and help them with that. And, and it comes at the cost of leaving behind my church family, the, the people that I know and love so much and that have loved me and had such great compassion for me and forgiveness over the years. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for raising me up so that I can go and be a blessing to others. I so appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, so... just be seated for a second. As I said, I'm, I'm uh, personally going to miss Tom a lot because Tom has, uh, he just has such a great spirit and I'm not going to go on about it because I was thinking when you were talking, yeah, we have paid a lot of your stupid tax. So I, I, I do feel in some ways like, you know, this goes both ways. But man, especially in the last year, which is some of you know, has been a little bit of a harder year for me. He has been such a gift and so kind and uh, supportive and I think the church that you're going to, I hope they realize the gift they get, and I'm grateful, and, and I think you're going to be a great blessing to them. Now, I want to speak to the people in Middleville for just a second. Ordinarily, I would do my level best to be there when this announcement was made, but COVID has screwed everything up for everybody, and so I hope that you will give us grace on this. I just want to say to you that um, I know this is hard for a, a, a bunch of you because you've come to love Tom like I have, and he's been a gift to us. But I am convinced this is a God thing. And if 40 and a half years of ministry has taught me anything, this is what I can tell you I've learned. That no matter how bad it looks, 
God has it, and he will have the right person for our Middleville campus, and he will bring them in. We don't know who he is yet long term, but we know, he or she or whoever, we, we know that that person will be the right person because I've watched God do that at this church over 40 years, time and time again. When I thought all is lost, God has brought through, and he will come through again. Amen? Amen. And so you guys in Middleville, now Tom's with you as you're watching this. You make sure you embrace him and let him know how much you love him. So, yeah, good. So why don't, you, uh, why don't you lead us in prayer, and then we'll be finished. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for being so good. You truly do allow us to live out the consequences of everything that we do, but you also pick us up and dust us off and say, I love you, I've got grace for you, more than enough to cover over all of your stupid texts, and then some. And you will be a blessing to so many people as a result. Thank you for blessing us as a church. We lean into you during this next phase of whatever's coming up. We know that you've got this covered because you are a good father who gives good gifts to his children. And we, we boldly and expectantly pray for those to not only pour into our lives, but please, please allow us to let them flow through us into those around us so they can be blessed as well. Because Jesus, you paid the price for us so that we can be free free to live a life that you call us to. So it's in your power that we pray, Jesus. Amen. 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 Go in the peace of God. You are dismissed. Love you guys. Thank you for listening to the Thornapple Valley Church Podcast. If you found this message encouraging, we invite you to share it. For more information, visit tvcweb.com.